Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 124 for Tuesday, October 26th. It is World Series time, baby. We are going to break it all down for you today. We got Eddie Rosario versus Jordan Alvarez. There's some other people involved too, but that's that's the matchup. I don't think anybody's postseason brackets are intact at this point. But yeah, we'll go ahead and dive right into it. Uh, before we do, though, I am going to remind you all to follow us at BeatTheShiftBP, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, because we want to hear your thoughts on this absolutely insane postseason on the World Series, or if you just want to say hi, at BeatTheShiftBP at all those places. All right, let's get to it. Oh, yeah, I don't think I introduced our names. I usually do that, but I'm Alex Dewey, and I'm here today with Farbode Markazi and Ray Estrada. What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Very efficient, as as per usual. Um, Ray, first of all, yes. sorry, sorry about your loss. How are you Man. feeling? Honestly, kind of relieved that I don't. I don't feel <laughs> like an Astros Dodgers uh, shitstorm of a World Series. So. Um. <laughs> That's yeah. Like, you can only you can only take so much. It, it would it would have been one thing if like um the Dodgers were like fully healthy and like ready to go, but like they were gonna walk into the World Series held together by like duct tape. So like not saying it it was gonna be an unfair fight, but if there was caveats like if if the Astros had beaten them again. Yeah. That would not have looked good even in the Dodgers condition right if you if you thought Astros fans were already insufferable then yes. man it could only get worse from there and you know Farbode you, you haven't had a team in it for a very long time but, uh, <laughs> oh, <thanks. laughs> but I guess your your playoff bandwagon team was also rolled by the Braves in the first round the Brewers so I, 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 yeah. I don't know it, it's it's one of those cases where like I don't think any of the three of us anyway have much interest in the Braves winning, except for the fact that they're going up against the Astros and you, we can't, we just can't have them win. Like, like that's yeah. just not allowed. There's little storylines that I'm rooting for. Um, I think Freddie Freeman has shown time and time again, he's the nicest man in baseball and I would love for him to get a ring. Um, I'm also rooting for Jeff Mathis. For those of you that didn't know, he got nine at-bats with the Braves this year, so if the Braves win, he would get a ring. Um, and there's, like, little storylines here and there. It's not, like, exactly the series that any of us expected after the Ronald Acuna um, uh, injury. I think if you told us at the beginning of the year that the Braves and the Astros were playing the World Series, that would be conceivable because the Braves were almost there until they got <laughs> they blew <laughs> a lead against the Dodgers last year. And then the Astros, even though most of us had them out of the playoffs because of their performance last year, we, we know how good that lineup can be. We were just wondering if they could have enough pitching, and they've earned their way there. Um, so this is overall, I feel like it's going to be a solid series. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I, I we were talking about it before this podcast, but 
there's a couple random storylines I'm sure you've all already seen on MLB's Instagram um, and social media that Dusty Baker, who um, played for the Braves um, in in the 60s, is going to be managing against debuted them. Debuted for the Braves. Yeah. yeah. Debuted for the Braves, I think, against the Astros. Against the maybe. Astros, yeah. Um, in the 60s, is now going to be managing against the Braves. Um for the uh for the for the Astros. And I think that's the storyline you can root for. I would love it for Dusty to get a ring. And then uh Brian Snicker, his son is an assistant coach on the Astros. So he, he came out saying um someone in the Snicker family is gonna have a World Series trophy. We just don't know who's gonna own it. So there's little random like family ties and like historic ties here and random storylines to root for. But I, I've got to say, I think the Braves are America's team right now. I, I, can you guys? Anybody who's playing the Astros is America's team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I've got to say, most people outside of the city of Houston are probably rooting for the Braves here. And I mean, I, you can't really blame them. Um, I think it's it's going to be a fun series. Yeah. It's, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things. If Rudy was here, I, I know for sure we'd talk about how not having an L.A. or New York team involved in uh in this World Series <laughs> will, will definitely take a hit for uh for the, the ratings or whatever. But, uh, you know, it, people will still watch it. I, I agree. I don't think as many people are going to be watching. Like Farboat predicted. If that would... Yeah, if, it's true. If the Astros are up three nothing or f- like three one, I have a feeling that series. I mean, that game might get very low ratings because I don't think anyone's gonna want to watch the Astros win a World Series. No. Um, I I also a storyline I forgot to mention um was who is Rob Manfred voting uh, rooting for? Because like I know they're supposed to be impartial. They're Major League Baseball. They're they're the big they're the big boys here but who is is does rob manford really want to be in houston handing a trophy to the people who um he spent so long trying to like crack down on like, it's just a piece of metal man i don't i don't think he cares <laughs> it's just a piece of metal. <laughs> in all honesty yeah like no i i th- the thing is okay so i we can kind of use that as a segue to talk about something that was kind of interesting just throughout the at least the Dodgers and Braves series more so than than the AL side but just with um with big market team bias I guess or just I I don't know like you know biases exist will exist any anywhere right what uh, most apparently with like fans of of teams that you're rooting for but even you know with broadcasts that are meant to be impartial or um or like umpires and just like anybody involved like is is there anything to that probably not but for some reason there's just a lot of like a lot of discussion around very open favoritism towards the dodgers in particular in in that matchup just because they are i guess like the the heavily favored team at at the very least in terms of TV ratings, right? In the the market they're in and just the caliber of uh 
talent and, and stars that they have. Um, is that something that that you kind of pick up on at all or acknowledge, or do you think it's all baloney when people talk about like Dodgers or Yankees bias? I I think I I think most most uh, accusations of like bias and favoritism by national broadcasts is overblown because they're not used to hearing um, broadcasters like get excited about other things. I think the narratives that they push with these teams is kind of more indicative of how. Uh, they kind of feel about stuff. I didn't get too much of a sense of that. And the, I mean, the, the worst one was Dodgers fans leaving early in Game Three, and they showed us <laughs> that was so dumb in the parking lot, probably to get to Lakers game, which was starting, um, <laughs> which which was starting soon that that day. But it's like, uh, I I didn't. Obviously, it's weird though because TBS is a Atlanta based organization. Like Turner is out of Atlanta, so I'm sure they didn't mind having Atlanta do well. Yeah, I I think it's just what do you get from us from national broadcasts in the playoffs, and it, it kind of showed in the TBS with like Ron Darling and Jeff Franco has been around the Braves, and Ron Darling calls games for the Mets, but they just have no clue about these teams. Like they try to act like they they're making uh, points about their stuff. They're kind of just looking at numbers and yeah. And well, like, nobody's nobody's gonna know them as well as their their home no, broadcasters. Exactly. So. I I will say I think um just to piggyback off of Ray I think sometimes the fact that like national the like people would say national media like favor certain teams over others um especially if one team's in a higher in a bigger market is more so because like I mean that might just be out of familiarity that might be the storylines that are mm-hmm. following that team um like no offense, but like a smaller market team probably doesn't have the top um, broadcast team from a premier network heading and calling their games once a week or once every two weeks. Um, so like just that's just the familiarity aspect there. And then the smaller markets, like even like the Rays, they're not going to have a whole lot of storylines outside of Wander Franco. So if... Um, no offense to Mike Zanino, if he hits a home run in, in a playoff game, it's going to sound like, oh, they're going to sound excited because he hit a home run. But I guarantee you, if like Wander Franco hits a home run, it's going to sound a lot more excited. Like, I, I don't I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but it's like the storylines that are following certain guys. Um, like we all heard like the Angels were terrible. And every time Shoya Otani touched the ball with his bat, it sounded like they like the announcers thought they they won a World Series. Like he just walked off the game. <laughs> like. It's it's the storylines, it's the familiarity with the players. That's some of the stuff that's following, um, like this whole idea of bias and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are very interesting perspectives there on on something like that because I think well, all of us follow pretty pretty big market teams. We we don't have that firsthand experience of like rooting for a team that doesn't necessarily get the the level playing field in terms of favoritism but uh, there's reasons for it and I, I think those are valid reasons um yeah it's it's just one of those things too where you look at recent world series matchups and there isn't a whole lot of of variation in a lot of cases 
or even like championship series mat- matchups like there's there's new teams mixing in and out um but especially like the last few years i, I don't know it, it, like tampa bay it, is it kind of middle middle ground one because is it, it is a pretty decent sports market it's just that particular team in their stadium and like they just don't have anybody go to their games they have a they have a decent market there and they don't spend any money but like i don't know we see the astros every year now which is kind of you know we're used to it now having them as the new the new enemies and uh and the dodgers too on the other side of things so i mean i think you could point to the fact that the teams um not just the astros and um i know some of you're gonna get mad that i say like competent management but like as a fan of a team that's been incompetently run for the last 10 years of my life you little jelly um uh yeah i it's it like you look at the teams like the cardinals who were the standard for like team development um and like building a team up, figuring out, putting the right pieces together. Teams like the Giants, um, uh, the Dodgers, who they've put so much money into it. And like people hate on them because of their payroll, but they have money everywhere into their um, operation, analytics, everything to make sure they have like a great chance to compete year in, year out. Um, the Astros are always there. Uh, and then like uh, the Boston Red Sox. Um, 2013 they won it then they rebuilt um but competed throughout that time 2018 they won it um that would they kind of suffered some of the dave dombrowski um (laughs) general manager style of kind of going downhill after that but they didn't really go that downhill they were in the mix again this year and at times you'll see some teams that uh just built their team up um for a short window um tried to capitalize on the window and uh maybe they did maybe they didn't like the royals or like the um soon to be cleveland guardians uh but i th- i think more than anything it's just like a sign of competent ownership competent management it's like everyone has their chips where the where they need to put it mm. yeah and i'll i'll go ahead and kind of use that as another as another transitional talking point is something that you brought up there with the Red Sox in particular, um, losing on the AL side in a close series, really where they exploded offensively in the first part of the series took, took a series lead and then kind of completely went ice cold. But you look at the loss for the Red Sox versus the loss for the Dodgers, you know, two very prestigious, well-renowned organizations very different i guess um interpretations of of their losses because coming into the year the red sox were not tooled and were not looking like they were going to have the tools to to take it this far so it was still seen as a, a success really at the end of the day whereas the dodgers appeared to be on top of the world with the expectations entering the season and despite having a lot of injuries and roadblocks preventing them from operating at full strength when it mattered the most 
they still kind of disappointed with what they had on the field. Um, so, you know, very different, um, they're just very different interpretations of reaching the same level of, of competition in, in the postseason. It, it's, it's very interesting to, to think of it in that sense. Like they had equally successful seasons, but it doesn't feel that way. Right. You guys agree with that? Does it definitely doesn't feel that way? Yeah, I mean that's, no, that's and, and, and just I, comes with. Go ahead. Yeah, it, yeah, that has to do with like relative to preseason expectations, and that's just like with media in general. It's like yeah, the Red Sox getting this far, anything past that was a bonus. The Dodgers getting to the, the NLCS was expected, and getting to the World Series was expected, which is crazy to expect that out of a team uh, to to begin to begin a year. But yeah, both incredibly successful seasons, both within two wins of a World Series berth, and yeah, just the way that people view the the preseason expectations uh, changes how you view uh, how close or how far they were from the World Series. Also, the midseason expectations too, um, because like I said, people expected the Astros to compete at the beginning of the year. But because of the way they started out, I mean, the, the way they played 2020, it wasn't necessarily, oh, we're going to definitely foresee an Astros like competing for a World Series. But then by midseason, yeah. Then I think one thing that, as if the Dodgers, because of their preseason expectations, they lost, as if that expect, as if like that narrative couldn't get added on to even more, is the fact that the Braves, they lost their best player. Um, and they went out, made all these moves, and made it further than anyone else probably really ex expected them to. So I think it's like the team that the Braves, uh, the team that beat the Dodgers, like that's all that goes into like, oh man, this season was a failure. Like it's the preseason. It's also the fact that the Braves weren't supposed to be here. You know, um, if if the yeah, Giants I, I... beat if the Giants beat the Dodgers in the in the CS. That might that expectation might have been a little different. It's like, oh well, it was two of the best teams. The Giants came out on top, you know. Yeah, I I th I think too. I mean, I'll give some credit to the Braves. Like, they people are all oh, the Braves only won eighty eight games. That's they had a slow start to the season. They after June they went fifty and thirty two, which is uh, pretty good. That's that's, <laughs> that's hundred win. That's hundred plus win pace right there. With and it was yeah, it was with. And no one this wants team, to say anything it was about it that. was almost two different teams. Yeah, as that oh it you know, exactly. And that's why, you know, people's like, oh well, you know, the Dodgers are hurt, but you know, the the Braves didn't have Ozuna because of domestic violence stuff and an injury. And Acuna because he was hurt. It's like, yeah, they replaced them with uh what ended up being pretty competent pieces and Chuck Peterson, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall. And then the Jorge Dodgers Soler as well. Jorge Soler, yeah. The Dodgers lost Max Muncy on the last day of the season. Uh, Kershaw in the last weekend or last week of the season. So it's like there was a lot of uh, uh, difference in timing in terms of the injury problems for these teams. So, um, I mean, the, yeah, the, the Braves, they seem weak on paper because you see 88 wins, won a crappy division in the East. But the way they finished the season there, we expected them to, to be better. We all expected them to win the East. And... They did not to the level that we thought they would, but they still did. And they're still a really good team.
Mm-hmm. And what's um, I Ray, I don't know how much more after the last out you watched that game, but I could probably I can't, I probably can't count on the on my like two hands how many times TBS announcers said it doesn't matter who you're playing, it matters when you're playing them. Um, and I thought, man, like yeah, the Dodgers are missing a whole bunch of people, and maybe the Braves got hot, but. I, I got I got really frustrated the way they kept saying stuff like that. And then, like you said, no one talks about how the Braves were 15-32 in that half. People just talk about how, oh, they were 500 in August. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they, that, because they were way below 500. Not way, but they were below 500 before. Like yeah. they, they made their way back. Um, I'm guilty just... of that. I, I really did not think the Braves were a very strong team looking at the record. And well, I guess really more so looking at their personnel because like, I don't, nothing nothing inspired the same confidence as the Dodgers roster where, you know, definitely certain underperformances throughout the course of the season. But when it counts the most, you're just studded with MVP caliber talent and pitching and probably still the best bullpen in baseball like it it still seems stacked in the Dodgers favor despite all of that so I don't think it's unfair to say that the Braves were the weaker team no I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that that the that the Braves were better I'm Mm -hmm. just saying that the gap wasn't as big as I think people made it out to be no absolutely and I I was guilty of that just you know you look at a, a season standing and that's gonna form a lot of your opinion when you see an when 18 win gap between playoff teams which wait also why why is it that the dodgers didn't have home field advantage is it just because they were just because they were the wild card team yeah (laughs) they're technically the four seed right yeah but it it's easy enough to re-roll (laughs) the home field advantages based on record yeah i i i agree i agree with that like i'm you know, we've talked about the wild card and like seating stuff like that, but mm-hmm. like when it gets down to it, once you move on in a in a series, I think the the team with more wins should get home field advantage. <laughs> no, absolutely, and uh, yeah, uh, this is just part of the conversation. I think a lot of Braves fans would agree that the Giants were the Braves' best friend. This they they made all of this possible, really, and that's not to discredit yeah. the Braves players, but forced the Dodgers into the wild card by playing out of their minds the entire year and just absolutely took it down to the wire, almost took the series from the Dodgers in in one of the best division series rounds that we'll probably see for some time. And it didn't matter who was coming out of that. You're going to be pretty beat up with the amount of high leverage and uh, just just sheer usage of your your top arms in in a tightly contested series that I and many others called the series. This is the World Series in the Division Series, um, and I still believed that to be true at the time, without really considering um, the the toll it takes to come out of that and still have to play. Because when it's the World Series. 
at the end of the year, like what we're seeing now, you don't have to play another series afterwards. You leave it all out in the field yeah. and you come out on top and that's that. You don't have to go out and play seven against a team with Eddie Rosario and <laughs> or or even like if it was <laughs> if it was say the LCS and like we we're kinda guilty of this a lot of like a semifinal matchup is kind of like like this is the World Series because we don't trust either team coming out of the other semifinal but when it's the lds you when you have two more series to go after after you know <laughs> yeah like i said probably one of the best division series um certainly in recent memory and yeah it's that's that's hard to do and then you go up against a team that is in the playoffs i don't care <laughs> I don't, if they're in the playoffs, they're of some quality, so it's it's, it's hard. Yeah, Dodgers ran out of gas, having to chase the Giants all the way down on the wire, and didn't catch him, and then played a grueling five game series with them. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's tough. Baseball's hard. It's very hard. And <laughs> no, I no 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 repeat champion since two thousand. So that that tells you that um, it it's hard to win back to back years in baseball. Absolutely, it, people love parity. It was though. also oh yes, hundred percent. It was also kind of wild to me, and I think this has kind of been the theme of this postseason. I don't know if it's the way pitchers have been used throughout the season or what it is, but I feel like the mantra of pitching wins you, like, uh, like if you have pitching wins you a World Series, can, pitching can, like, get you to a World Series at least. I feel like that's ringing more true than ever because. While there have been some low-scoring games this season, um, this postseason, um, where it felt like maybe the Red Sox couldn't hit or the Dodgers couldn't hit, or um, my World Series pick, the Brewers couldn't hit, it it just felt like man, every game is just, especially in that Red Sox Astros series, nine runs in the second inning. The Red Sox hit three grand slams in two games, or four, however many grand slams. Like it, I feel like on. Along all sides, there's just been a lot left to be desired on the pitching side. Yeah, it it's been depleted in a in a very real sense. Um, and I, I say it with the utmost respect. Oh, I don't know the utmost uh, as as respectfully as possible <laughs> that the Braves had the path of least resistance out of any team in the playoffs, and 100%. just throughout the season, yeah. like they won their division. Like say what you will about the team that they had. In the second half, they won their division handily with 88 wins. Yeah. Like nobody was bre- like the Phillies a little bit, and they just cleaned them up. And like it, what it wasn't even as down to the wire as some other series that maybe you'd expect from from an 88 win team. Um, they didn't have that. But that's they baseball. didn't have a wild card game because they're just like, all right, cool, we won our division. Let's let's go let's go take it to this uh this Brewers team that doesn't generate any offense. And then we'll go ahead and just take it to whatever depleted powerhouse team uh, we get after they go toe to toe with each other. So, you know, that's just that's just the reality of it. I'm not talking I'm not trying to talk trash about the, the Braves like they can be back next year and I wouldn't be shocked. Okay, and like they could that's have the kind of talent well over 90 wins next year. It's the, it's the kind I, of I think it's fair have. to expect over well over 90 wins next year especially yes, especially depending on how Acuna bounces back and if Freeman yes. comes back which 
I think he yeah, almost a hundred percent will. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. He's gonna go to the White Sox. I. Oh my god. I have a. I have a question. Yeah. Um. I don't know what you guys think of Dusty Baker, but in his, uh, if he wins the ring this year, is he a Hall of Fame manager? Yeah. He yeah. he has nineteen hundred eighty-seven wins. Um, six of his last seven seasons um, managing have been over 90 wins. And this is just his second pennant. He hasn't won a World Series. This is the first World Series he's been to since, uh, excuse me, uh, my Angels uh, beat the Giants um, in 2002. I, I, I don't know. I, there's, I feel like the... Maybe, maybe this is just a obvious answer and I'm just stupid for asking it, but I feel like managerial hall of fame that like stuff like that's so hard to get in and um that's so i just wanted your guys to take yeah well yeah well with with dusty baker he's done this over you know a bunch of teams you know he's with the giants the reds the cubs uh the nationals now the the astros nationals is right um yeah i knew there's another team in there but it's he managed the Cubs. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. Like he recently? managed the Cubs from 2003 to 2006. Oh, okay. okay, so it, well, that um, wasn't in yeah, like chronological he, order. Okay, okay. <laughs> no. no, I, I, I his, which way that you're jumping around. Reds, okay, Cubs, that's that's so. fine. I, I was like, I was just listing off names. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's done this all. You know, is he's not like a Bobby Cox or Tony Tony Larusa who did it. I guess no, Larusa. Larusa is a real Hall of Fame with, baseball person, as as we all know. With both. Hall of Famer brother. Yeah. With um with Oakland and St. Louis. Uh Bobby Cox did it with the Braves. Got one title. He's a Hall of Fame manager. Uh so yeah, I, I think Dusty probably needs that that title just because he he's done it with so many other teams, even though I think he has a very good case even Cause, without it's because people the, the he... voters are stubborn about it, man. Like you gotta you gotta show yeah. some hardware. But well, is he I mean, in the Hall of it, Fame without one? The, this poor man was fired after two seasons with the Nationals, winning ninety five and ninety seven. Arguable, yeah. Yeah, that yeah absolutely. Job, it, it, it's yeah. There's very few. The there's very Martinez few names won, that come to mind. Uh, World Series with that team. <laughs> there's very few names that come to mind when you you think of current Hall of Fame managers or like managers that you think belong in the Hall of Fame, and if that list is short enough where I, I don't know on the short list dusty's there like how how do you not right it's only yeah. when you look it's only when I, you really look harder at the the accolades that he's that he's built up over time that and it's the absence of that that ring that's the only question but at your initial reaction and at first glance it's a yes and usually that's the right uh, answer. That's exactly what I thought. That's why I pulled up his like managerial um mm-hmm. season, uh, his managerial record just to see. Um, because I figured like, yeah, obviously he, this guy's been a baseball lifer. He's prob he's probably like one of the best, one of the only positive outcomes of an Astros World Series for non Astros fans. Yeah, the Astros um, did a good job with that hiring. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh. So I mean I I personally think he is uh, I with 
or without, I think he's deserving. Um, especially because, I mean, mind you, at 71 years old, he he was like, hell yeah, sign me up to take over the team everyone hates who just got busted for a cheating scandal. Like, <laughs> he, th- th- this guy, this guy, I feel like he's deserving. I just wanted to see what your guys' take was on it. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I think I think he's deserving, but um, like we're saying, the the writers or whoever votes on managers uh might be a little more finicky yeah and and i think it helps that you know there's there's managers come and go they they have certain relationships with people like as respected a manager and just a person to represent baseball as any that you could ever think i think that has to count as much as it counts against those considered for the hall of fame for really giving baseball a bad name you look at dusty baker and there's there's nothing but but positivity and and just great representation of the sport as a whole and it's not new school versus old school it's just about connecting with players getting the most out of them and respecting your, your like your opponents respecting everybody around you that's what respecting the game is respecting the game has nothing to do with all these silly rules that we we throw around these unwritten rules like that's not what respecting the game is respecting the game is just having respect for the people playing it and the people involved that that dedicate their life to it and understanding that you're all part of the same the same mission really at the end of the day and that's to to create the best experience possible for people on the field for us at home that are watching the game for future generations like keeping all of that in mind like that's that's where dusty baker in my head is is a no brain no brainer candidate is like that's that's about as good a model for for what you want from a manager as anybody right so who cares Absolutely. about who cares about yeah. the results we just talked about we just spent the re- entire rest of the podcast talking about how difficult it is for a team to win a world series hasn't been, hasn't been done two years in a row since since 2000 and there's great parody in this game it's it's awesome and it it speaks to just you know how difficult it is to accumulate those types of stats over time if you have been able to do it and they're deserving as well you know these these legendary managers that just seem to always bring home world series championships but uh, not everybody can do it, and that doesn't mean they're doing a bad job either. I mean, yeah, just think of how revered. I mean, before all this stuff recently, Tony Larusa was. How revered Joe Torre is and still is. Mm-hmm. Like Bruce Bochy. It's Bruce Bochy, yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Bruce, Bruce Bochy's a Hall of Fame manager. Mm-hmm. Like, is I the only reason I ask that is because of that one little caveat that Hall of Fame voters normally will put a pin in and be like oh maybe not this year i'll vote like maybe down the road maybe i'll maybe my perspective will change i don't know um also i don't mean to be overtake sorry go ahead uh well i i just kind of wanted to add to that point that you made too with you know you talk about the managers that are the ones that are winning these championships are oftentimes going to be the ones that are around for a long time and continue to get jobs and i think if nothing else it says a lot about you if teams continue to desire to employ you as their manager and many teams at that 
you know, yeah. opportunity after opportunity without taking home the biggest prize because of how much respect people have for you and, and the ability that you have to to manage a team, right? So if anything, I know... it, it means more that he was able to do what he's been doing for as long as he has uh, without just the easy resume padding of having World Series titles, right? And yeah, I mean, I, I, I know I mentioned this earlier too, and you bring up the fact that it, it says a lot about you as the person, as a manager, if teams are continuously thinking of you or at least naming you a candidate like um, of all this. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I mentioned this earlier in this whole spiel, but for the Astros and whatever people think of the Astros, to say Dusty Baker is the guy that we need to take over after this probably one of the worst things that could happen to our franchise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they did it, but come into this whole situation and kind of right the ship. And yes, they went under 500 last year, but the fact that they, they thought of him, the fact that he was like, sign me up. Um, I think that says a lot yeah. about uh, the guy he is and I mean the love he has for baseball too it was very plainly nobody respects us like whether or not they, they feel they deserve it we need somebody who people respect <laughs> that's at the end of the day like that that's that's really it and they they went and got their guy um so 100%. you know rooting for Dusty is is what it is like if you're rooting for the Astros solely because of Dusty I, I guess more redeemable right but like we just mentioned, yeah. it, it's not going to matter. He, he should be a Hall of Famer regardless. So uh, you can still root yeah, against so the Astros. He need this one. You can still, yeah, <laughs> you can still root against the Astros and sleep easy knowing that Dusty Baker will be just fine. Okay? Okay. <laughs> I, okay so what, what I was saying was, uh, I don't mean to be overtaking the podcast from you, but no, 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 go I ahead. was reading this. Um, depending on how who wins the World Series, I know there's some top tier, and we touched on Freddie Freeman. I and I personally don't think Freddie Freeman's going to leave if the Braves lose, but there's a chance. Same with Carlos Correa. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Astros lose, it, do, do you guys think that's going to change one way or another, depending on if their team loses or not, whether or not they're going to leave? No. And I know, all right, for, for people uh, who are listening, our free agency podcast is a couple of weeks away, but this is just because the World Series is about to happen. No, it's not going to affect anything. It's not. No. No. Really? I I I kind of foresaw that if Korea and the Astros won, Korea would probably return, or like there would be a higher chance. Well, you think of if he returning. wins, you think he's more likely to return? Yes. I return to okay. I, I honestly think uh, the Astros have the highest chance of signing Carlos Correa, regardless of whether or not they win or lose. Yeah, because nobody wants to touch him. Well, no, that's not why. I think there's going to be lots of teams that, that would love to, to have Carlos Correa, in all oh, honesty. Yeah. A lot of teams will be A lot having of teams would love to have the player. He'll, he'll have the conversations. Nope. The Astros are a team that I think has proven to this point as well that they are willing to pay to keep their core together. And they they had too many guys. Like, letting Springer walk... I think is an indicator that they want to keep the core of Altuve, Correa, and Bregman, because those. That's a good point. Those are those are their guys. Like, and they have the they have money to spend. 
Like they're not they're not a older. dumb they are very far from a a dumb team in that respect. So I think they're gonna pay I'm, him. I think the, I, I think Freddie loves I disagree. I think Freddie loves Atlanta too much to to want to leave and Atlanta's gonna pay him because that's they they did before Freddie Freeman was Freddie Freeman. They paid him. Freddie is one of those guys that I feel like you kind of I mean, not only is he just the face of that team. I know I know we mentioned Ronald Acuña and he he even mentioned in his post post game press conference that like we did this without our best players. So like even though he won the MVP last year or recognizing a better player on that team, he's the face of that team yeah. in my eyes. He he and the Atlanta Braves are synonymous with one another, so I will be shocked if he if he um signs somewhere else so i mm-hmm. for him i feel like it's uh for not conclusion that he's going to be back in atlanta with correa i mean like you said i think there's a lot of people that a lot of teams out there yankees that are gonna fans, want to touch dude. him yankees fans also, are drooling over carlos correa i hate to tell you bro, you can't i can't tell you how yes, many different fan bases yeah no like especially I mean, correa though because people like Corey Se- like Corey Seager is Correa a great would do shortstop. Well in New York, but yeah, like Correa is simply a more athletic, similar injury history. I I suppose to Seager, just you know the more athletic, more like passion driven, uh, like kind of producer. And I I I I think a lot of Yankees fans are are like they're like yeah Seager would be great, but like Correa man. Like I know he's yeah, in the Astros, so, but like, hmm, I don't know. So, so I I kind of I what I was saying was like New York. I mean, I, I just from personal experience, I know I've seen some Angels fans who are, who are gonna want him. I'm not saying that they're going to even try, um, or he's even gonna be interested. I know there's this whole um theory that. If he does leave Houston, it's going to be to reunite with AJ Hinch in Detroit. Um, I I really am interested in how his free agency will go, and I maybe he will sign day one of the off season with the with the Astros, and it's not even going to matter. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you right but, now, nobody's signing day one of the off season because of a certain CBA negotiation coming up. But I, I it's, <laughs> all this to say that Carlos Correa is really good. And he is probably he is almost certainly the best shortstop available well, in a stacked well, shortstop class, and that's that's a no brainer that everybody's gonna want him. All I was gonna say was yes, you're right that um, he's probably the best shortstop available. I'm really interested in seeing how many teams are going to be interested in him because in this last ten minute five minutes of this conversation, um, one of us said no one's gonna want to touch him with a ten foot pole, and someone else said everyone's gonna want him. Um, so I'm really interested in how that's going to shape out. If if people are going to be like, well, how do we, or if they're going to be able to, able to talk themselves into Correa, the personality, the person, um, the guy who cursed at Ken Rosenthal in the in spring training of 2020, um, because they just want Correa the player so much, and I can't blame people who want Correa the player. Dude, I I don't know. Compared to NBA talent, this is it's like such a cakewalk. Like he he would be like a model uh athlete if if this if this were like an, an nba situation it's just to the, the context right like yeah he is on he was in a cheating organization and yeah is unapologetic about it but like a team will deal with that if he if he balls 
basically. Okay, that that was a little bit off off of uh we we went pretty far there into the free agent pool, but like Farbone said, uh that time will come in a future episode where we'll go into everybody. Uh I do before we wrap the, uh, this will be the what we finish with here really is I I just want to share this with you. In preparation for today's podcast, we usually have a nice agenda that's laying out all our topics. It was a little lazy today, and our agenda was Eddie Rosario versus Jordan Alvarez, and they are going to fight for the World Series. We haven't spent a lot of time on either of these guys, but two of the most impressive single series performances, I guess overall postseason performances, that we that I can remember, that anybody can remember, um just truly unreal stuff what both of them did in the championship series and especially the fact Jordan Alvarez is a physical he's a beast this is no secret the fact that Jordan Alvarez did this is not a surprise to anybody that's ever watched this man play baseball because all he does is mash and the Dodgers I guess weren't convinced but that's beside the point he was not the surprise Eddie Rosario was the surprise of the playoffs. There's always one or two. Like it's always somebody completely out of the blue. Uh, but even this is different. Like Marco Scudero did not do this. Uh, name whoever else you want. Like nobody did what Eddie Rosario <laughs> did. Okay. Like I think that cannot be discounted when you trade away Pablo Sandoval in the middle of the season in a salary dump. I guess it was like I I, I actually don't even know who who got like more money back in that deal, but it was a basically ignored transaction in the middle of the season because Eddie Rosario was not good with the Indians. He was also not very good with the twins last year in his twins career. Yeah. Like pretty decent player, uh, always more toolsy than his numbers would show, but certainly not a guy, not even close to what Jordan Alvarez is in terms of raw, raw ability. Because you very well could have watched Eddie Rosario play at some point in the last couple of years and been like, this guy has no idea what's going on at any point in time. And he was playing that poorly. And turn you talk about streaky, this is the hottest of hot streaks that anybody could ever ask for. Uh, contrasted by the coldest of cold streaks that anybody could have asked for like last year with the Twins even <laughs> like in the playoffs Eddie Rosario looked lost and he turned it around in a calendar year so props to him and Alvarez really um but yeah like even as a Dodgers fan Ray like watching Eddie Rosario were you just like I, I don't I don't understand it but this is amazing Ray, you're muted. Uh-oh. Okay. We, Ray, I think we lost Ray. <laughs> it's okay. It, it's okay. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be fine. Eddie Rosario is insanely good. Do, do you agree? Like, it, I watched a lot of this, this playoffs. And every time Eddie Rosario was up, I, I asked my... He's the kind of at-bat that you have where you watch it and you're like, why can't everybody just do that? Because yeah, it looked really easy he, for him. Yeah, I mean, th- that was unbelievable. And there's every postseason, I feel like there's some guy 
that just comes up extremely clutch and you always just assume that it's going to be the the stars of the team you, that like that's why you sign them so, so they can perform when the lights shine the brightest but here you have a guy and I think we talked about this before we were recording he was he he was the salary dump for the um the soon to be guardians. Um I don't know why I keep saying that for the Indians. Uh he <laughs> his contract is eight million dollars to this year to answer your question, Pablo Sandoval's okay. one. Um the fact like the fact that I I mean it, there's no words <laughs> like that's fair like like there's there's just no words to describe it it and I think it would I think the best way is like this is just baseball and another great way to describe it is watch him go out and I don't wish this on him I don't wish this on the Braves but watch him go out in the World Series and be completely cold because that's baseball and maybe Freddie Freeman goes on a tear and then everyone's like oh all is right in the world the stars are doing what stars should do. Um, I think the Dodger fans that I was around during that series, they were pissed off <laughs> that Eddie Rosario was doing this to them. And in my head, I was thinking, well, if it was Freddie Freeman doing this to them, they wouldn't like, they would be mad. They would be sad that their team's struggling, but I don't think they would be like as upset. Just baffled. They like, yeah, I mean, we, we were all baffled. Like I, I can't tell you how many times I heard, they traded him for a bag of peanuts, like, or they traded for him for a bag of. It's peanuts. pretty like, funny that the bag of peanuts that they traded was Pablo Sandoval, former yes. former postseason god in his own right, World Series MVP. Yep, and then you, uh, they. That's probably why they got him in the first place. It was like you know he's just a good guy to have around, and he can hit when it matters the most. And they're like, nah, let's let's try with this guy. Let's see what he can do. And they, they got that yeah, I instead. Think, I think people forget too that Eddie Eddie Rosario is a very capable player in Minnesota and had like what he what he did in Cleveland was not the norm for no what his but been so far. Extremely streaky player in his Oh career. yes. And he got hot at the right time. That's really that's really all the Braves did with all their outfielders is they needed they need a new outfield and they high rolled. They went for the streaky Adam Duvall, pretty streaky hitter. Jorge Soler, very streaky hitter. Jock Peterson, I, I don't know if streaky is the right word for don't it. Work. Jock, like, just, just balls out when you need him to the most, it seems. And it could have collapsed on them completely. But it worked out. Like, pretty much every single acquisition, outfield acquisition they made hit. So good for them. And how could you not um, support and love Jock Peterson's pearls? Um, He's a that, bad bitch. Yeah, that pearl necklace—it's incredible. Um, I go, Ray. You said this in our group chat, but maybe this year, this is the year he'll get the World Series MVP he deserved. Yeah, um, he's going for that World Series MVP. It's possible. I man. mean, yeah, I. A, a non Braves act like I mean, we talked a lot about their acquisitions, but I feel like Austin Riley has to be brought up because of how damn yeah. good he was this Austin year. Austin Riley just... absolutely broke out in the biggest way. Yeah, it, he he was incredible. 
and he's the main reason. I think his production helped salvage some of what they were struck, what they were scared of, like losing with Ronald Acuna going out. And I understand who yes. Ronald Acuna is and the player he is, but the fact that Riley at twenty four did what he did, impressive. Very amazing. And also, you know, we mentioned that they retooled their outfield. They, they not only made up for Acuna, they straight up just improved in areas. That they Like, didn't they start the year with Ender and Ciarche again? Mm-hmm. It was just a yep. black hole in the, in the lineup. So, yeah, so you, you replace Acuna with, you know, a combination of Rosario, Peterson, and Nett, and, and Ozuna and, as well. But, you know, Duvall, Soler, Peterson, and Rosario all also make your three your, – uh, three outfielders collectively better because you don't have uh, NCR to yeah. clog in at the eighth spot. <laughs> it it really so- it really does take a lot to go right to get to this point, and yes. they they just they are all their guys came to play. Like we haven't said Dansby Swanson's name once. He's been he's been very good for them. He does Dansby Swanson things. Ozzy always does Ozzy always things, and then yeah yeah, and then I I and guess then- before. Unless unless you have anything else to add, I, I'll just throw out there, too, oh, yeah. on the pitching side of things, Charlie Morton, third straight World Series with a third different team. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Good job. Good job, bud. That's um, some J.J. Reddick stuff, man. For real. And the Astros will be without Lance one. McCullers uh, for this round as well, which is not surprising. It seemed like a pretty significant injury that he had that knocked him out before the championship series. But they're going to be running on a lot less pitching, it seems, than uh, the Braves. But Framber Valdez and uh, Luis Garcia, very, very impressive performances in the championship series. And that's what they'll need. So that's that's the pitching side of it. Much less interesting. So I'm, I'm not, not going to talk a lot more about it. So if you guys have anything else to add on... I, just players to watch or or interesting nuggets to keep an eye on then then share them i i i don't have any of those oh um dang but it. you brought up dansby swanson i was just gonna say ray saying dansby swanson doing dansby swanson things warms my heart because this is the same man who got drafted and then traded for shelby miller um <laughs> <laughs> so uh Shout out Arizona Diamondbacks. I hope you're doing well somewhere without Dansby Swanson. A lot a lot has to go right. And that includes in in trades from years ago. And that one was kind of a no-brainer. So good job to the Braves for getting to where they are. Good job to the Astros, I guess, for getting to where they are. But um very, very loudly and outwardly rooting against the Astros uh even even now so uh yeah that's gonna do it for our podcast today everybody if you did stick around this long thank you so much we do appreciate it uh feel free to leave some comments leave a rating maybe wherever you're listening uh and yeah once again at beat the shift bp on twitter facebook and instagram we want to hear what you have to say about this world series and I don't know. The baseball season's coming to a close. It's always a sad time, but we'll enjoy one more series together. All right. That is going to do it for today. Thank you, everybody. One last time. As always, Farbode. Peace.